Hey everybody, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world and how they can make a difference in yours. Low country cuisine is trending, and not only are foodies discovering it, but quite a few chefs are too. Chef Nate left his gig as the executive chef at the Ritz-Carlton in San Francisco to become the executive chef at Montage Palmetto Bluff, and we are so glad he did. We talked about how travelers who dine at some of the most famous restaurants in the world enjoy the bounty of the low country. And we also got a glimpse into Montage Palmetto Bluff's destination restaurant set to open this spring. Let's listen. Chef Nate, you hail from New England. Yeah. New England to the low country. That's that's quite a swing. What brought you down here? Why why the low country? It, totally random, uh, quite honestly. Um, you know, it, it, I worked uh, for the, you know, a good portion of the beginning part of my career in, in New England, um, you know, the majority of it in Portland, um, and then got to a point where my, my wife's in the business too, and we we're just like, we, we got to do something different. So we uh, jokingly over a, a bottle of wine one night, like flipped the coin and said, we're going to Manhattan or we're going to San Francisco because I had friends in both, um, and it landed in off to San Francisco, we went and, um, it was supposed to be like a two year, two year gig. Um, it turned it out to be 12 with two kids and, uh, <laughs> you know, a complete like career, a different career trajectory, um, going from, you know, fine dining, uh, or chasing kind of the fine dining dream, ending up in, you know, working in one of the, the best hotel restaurants in the country, which was the dining room at the, the Ritz Carlton in, in San Francisco. And, leaving there and getting involved with a, a restaurant group run by uh, Jan Birnbaum and Pat Coletto and uh, this other gentleman who's a near and dear friend, Pete Sitnik, um, opening two restaurants simultaneously called Epic and Water Bar. Um, and did that for a bit and uh, got invited to go back to the, the Ritz-Carlton San, uh, Ritz San Francisco in a, in a totally different um, capacity than what I was currently doing. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, never really thought I'd go back to luxury hotels, but did fell back in love with it and, uh, kind of rode that and ended up taking over the place about a year and a half later as, as the executive chef and spent the next goodness, five and a half years there and worked through a couple of different GMs, uh, as, as it is, you know, um, and one that uh, I became very, very good friends with ended up leaving, um, I don't know, maybe a, a year and a half or so before I did and joined this this small ultra luxury hotel group called uh, Montage. Uh, and his his hotel was in Deer Valley. <clears throat> and we just and we stayed in contact and, you know, always knew that our, our paths would cross again. And he, he kind of cold called me out of the blue one day and said, hey, we've, we've got a project um, kind of simmering, so to speak, in in low country, South Carolina. Have you ever been in the South? And I'm like. <laughs> I drove through it once on my way to Miami. <laughs> yeah, that that was the, the the most I've ever I had ever gone through. Um, and he's like, "All right, well, look, I'm going to connect you with the GM, whose his name is Marcus Jackson, and uh, you, you should give him a call." So, I don't know, a couple of days later, we we connected and spent about three hours on the phone, just talking everything business, life, this, that, the other thing. And he was just like, "Look, I'd I'd love to have you come out and just check it out." So. I don't know. We, we aligned that. And a couple of weeks later I was on a plane and came out and, you know, 
checked it out, did the interview process, et cetera, et cetera, which is always, always fun when you're a chef. Um, and, uh, that was it. And it was, it was really interesting because, um, one, like I said, I'd never really been in South Carolina, you know, so you fly into Savannah and you, you get a rental car and it looks like a your pretty typical urban area. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're living in a city, your eyes become accustomed to light pollution. And I'm making that drive up from the airport and, and using Waze and, and Waze takes me the back roads, not the highway. And it's like pitch black and my eyes aren't <laughs> accustomed to it. So I'm like 10 and 2, 35 miles an hour all the way in. You know, I've got people just on my butt and I'm, I'm just like, oh my God, where am I going? What have I done? What have I done? <laughs> and like, I go past the Palmetto Bluff sign and it says turn here and I go past it because the sign, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, luxury hotel. This is like, you know, there, there's a lot of pomp and circumstances around luxury hotels, right? And, you know, they, they look very fancy. And I'm like, wait a second. It looks like a, it looks like a campground. Right. Was that it? Did was, I was that it? in it? So it reroutes me. I pull a Yui, uh, go back. And, and go down the road and, you know, I get to the guard gate and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for them. And they're like, who, who are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, da -da -da, I'm so-and-so I'm, I'm here for new. Oh, okay. All right. Go on down. And then that drive in felt like it took an hour and it was, again, it was just like black. There, there's nothing. <laughs> and then, you know, the gas lamps every whatever, 150, 200 yards. And, you know, you saw, and then, you know, you're driving through and your mind's going like a million miles. And I'm like, how in uh, on earth do they get product? Just all, like all those chef things. I'm like, who works here? <laughs> like, how, what am I how doing? How did this happen? Where did this sprout <laughs> You know, from? and then all of a sudden, like you get into like the village, you know, and in 2015, the, the arrival experience was like going into Wilson Village up and over the bridge. And like you start to be able to see it, even though it's like pitch black, you can because the, you know, the distance between the lamps get gets a little bit, you know, closer and closer. So you, you can kind of see what you're driving into and you go up over the bridge. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. It is this magical. Is unbelievable. And it was just like, you know, I was just like, this is a special place, special place on Earth. And then, you know, the next 72 hours were, you know, fun and exciting and grinding. People say that a lot about Palmetto Bluff when we bring in people from from other places. Um, I've often brought writers there and they say, mm -hmm. where where are you taking me? Yeah. <laughs> I said, are you taking me to Florida? I know, trust me. Yep. Just trust me. It's going to be worth it when we get there. And sure enough, sure enough, it is. Yep. But it's a completely different culinary style. I think, um, what's your take? There is it, There seems to be a much, much bigger interest in Southern food, where your food comes from. Yeah. What we have here. Have you seen that movement? Have you seen how people are, are you know, dining and eating changing? I, I have. Um, and it's interesting coming from a hyper-aggressive market like San Francisco, um, you know, to to a market that I, I would say is in, aggressive in its own right. Because the, the thing here is, is people, it's interesting, right? In the Bay Area, San Francisco, like you, you, you can't. You, you can't get away with average food. Average food's like a recipe to go out of business. So everything you're doing needs to be spot on every single day of the week. And people know food. And the interesting thing here is people know food. They know the food of this region and they know what works and they know what doesn't work. And it, so it was this really like, wow, there's, there's a sub, there may not be an abundance of product here that you can, 
you know, just walk down to the farmer's market and you have 50 different types of apples and, you know, three different kinds of shards and four different kinds of, it just, it's not that, but what is here and when it's in season and it's ready to go, it's, it's excellent. So it's, it's amazing. And, and the different rice crops and the different grains and, you know, the, the oysters and the sea, the, the seafoods, the shellfish, I mean, it's, it's excellent. And it's, and it's got its own little terroir, so to speak, that is only here. And, and, and that's, that's neat, but it's also great to be able to take, you know, kind of a worldly approach to what we've got here and just to apply a little bit different technique and, and thought process to it. Do you find your guests are sometimes surprised by it? That, that there is great cuisine here, that what you've done with sort of Southern and, and how you yeah. interpreted that? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's, you know, we, as a luxury hotel company, right? Like our travelers are coming from all over, right? You know, our, our home base is in California. We're a California born and bred company. That's what it is, right? So we're the only outpost of montage on the East Coast. So we do have a pull from our, our you know, our West, the West Coast and in those that travel and, and frequent our hotels there. Um, you know, we're starting to get a, a few more Pendry brands uh, on the East Coast. But, you know, as, as it relates to montage, our montage guests are the same guests that are staying worldwide, all over the, all over the world, all over the country. Um, they have the incomes to be eating at French Laundry per se, 11 Madison Park. Um, so when they're coming, uh, they're coming to us to stay, chances are that, you know, they've had a meal at one of the top restaurants in the, in the world within the last six months because they have that disposable income, right? So it, it challenges you to, to challenge your team to up the game to say, hey, look, like these, this isn't, these people are more educated um, and have a more educated palate than what may have been coming to this area previously. Right. You know, and it's in luxury hotels have a tendency to do that and, and to bring that that different culture and to bring that different demographic into an area that might not have had it. You know, I watched it happen with Ritz Carlton. I've seen it happen with Mandarin. I've seen it happen with you know, in, in Montage. Every area they go, they bring a different level of I wouldn't say, you know, I don't want to I don't want to have the word sophistication sound off putting or insulting, but that's exactly what it is. Definitely. Right. Definitely. So it just brings a different kind of traveler to this part of the world. With that comes, you know, a whole education piece on both sides. Palmetto Bluff is great at reinventing itself in a positive way. You know, the resort is always refining and that comes from the cuisine too. We've seen mm -hmm. it. We've seen that it's just always, like you said, you're always up in your game. You're always yeah. up in your game. Well, you have to. <laughs> you have to. You have to. There's a lot going on out there right now. What's going on with the River House? I know that's about <laughs> to to reopen. Yeah. What's going on and how does that, in, how does that uh, you know, work with what you're doing? Our uh, That particular property is in need of what I would consider a destination restaurant. Um, and River House, once it comes alive, will will be that destination restaurant where we are having guests come to specifically dine there. We have, you know, individuals and, in, 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 you know, let's call it like the date night sector that are that are coming in from Savannah, some from Charleston to, uh, you know, your drive market to dine at that space like they are making a special trip to come to that to that restaurant, um, we're we're excited about it. It's definitely going to be a, a, a pretty pretty space. I bet you're excited about it. I am excited about it. You know, it's it's funny. I 
when I first started, the River House was alive and well, and you know, one of the busiest restaurants on on the campus at the time. And you know, as we began to grow the footprint of the resort and the resort operations, we made the conscious decision to package it up and you know, put it away, so to speak, put that concept away because at the time we didn't have the critical mass to sustain you know, three or four different, now, I mean, it's the, the growth trajectory that that property from a real estate capacity and just from what we've done with the, the hotel, you know, it's gone from 55 room or 50 rooms when I started to 225 plus with a very robust village, you know, home rental program, signature residence. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big hotel. <laughs> it is. And it's, it's one of only two Forbes five-star in the state. So it is, it's, which it's, has a great of. reputation. What's your favorite low country meal? <laughs> favorite low country meal. Um, I don't know if I have one. Really? To be honest with you. Shrimp, oysters, anything? Yeah, I love shrimp. I, I would say if I were to pick one one thing that I've, I've really fallen in love with, it's the local shrimp here. Um, as much as I like the oysters, I've had the benefit of travel and I, I'm very particular with oysters, right? Like I'm, a, it is a personal choice. There's it, a lot it is of a total difference. personal choice. It's not that I don't think they're, they're, they're bad. I just think there's, there's other ones I prefer more. Um, I love having two oyster guys that work for the property and work for us and the amount of oysters we buy from them is pretty significant. Um, and it's, it's a good, to me, it, it, it's a it's the responsible thing to do, right? Right. Um, you know, but it it's also it keeps the low country um, mystique in play at all times. That's interesting right? that you call it a mystique, and there there is something it about is. it, especially I think from those like you said who are coming from all over, yeah, all over the world who've been there, done that everywhere, and there is something about the low country that is just that magical. I think it's really exciting to have the Culinary Institute of the South open. Mm -hmm. Students are coming. What a huge uh, coup for our area. I know that Palmetto Bluff and you were very instrumental involved in that mm -hmm. from, from day one. Tell us about that. What's your thought process on what's happening there? You know, I think that um, what that institute is going to do is it's going to bring a needed level of professionalism and significant importance to our businesses as it relates to food and beverage within this area. It's going to allow people to take a, a line cook job or a prep cook job into an education and into an opportunity to, to build a career where it's just not a means to you know, putting gas in the car, it's, it's a means to a career with an education and a significant, you know, at a significant uh, time in our, our, our industry where, you know, the, the, the days of um, your very expensive culinary schools, I, I mean, people are, are, are challenging that, right? And to have a state-of-the-art, state-run uh, culinary school in an area that kind of struggles, so to speak, um, with, you know, workforce, um, and now having that here plus, you know, and, you know, a, a pretty significant landscape of, of restaurants to work at. So not only can they go to school, so education brings people and then the jobs allow the people to stay in the market. And, and that's, that's something that we need 
in we need here and to have it literally in the backyard of pretty much every <laughs> restaurant within the Bluffton area. Um, and, you know, for me personally, um, I bring students from all over the world to help support our, our organization from Bali to India, um, uh, you know, Eastern Europe to help sustain the amount of business that we have to do. Now I have students coming from a school that is literally 15 miles from the hotel and to be able to give back and to give them the same opportunity and the same educational path and, you know, trajectory into our industry that somebody coming from Indonesia is getting is, is unbelievable. Um, so such a, such a great opportunity for our, for our, uh, community. It's a win. It is a massive win. So, and congratulations to chef miles and, and, you know, the team over there. What are what are some of the trends that you think are helping to raise the culinary profile here on Hilton Head Island and in Bluffton, the Low Country? What are some of those trends that you're seeing? You think that are raising that profile? Um, chefs that are just kind of breaking the mold and um, not falling victim to Southern food, and I would say that with in, in no different if I was in the in the Bay Area, and you know, I think that like. The Northern California, you know, for a long time, it, there was the cuisine, right? It was like a grilled chicken with avocado and tomato and a mixed green salad. And that was like Northern California food, right? And somewhere along those, okay, wait a second, hold on a minute. You know, so I, I think that unfortunately over the, the course of how many, you know, the, the South is, has been pigeonholed to have this very unhealthy approach to very tasty food. Right. It's and not it's, all fried, is it? It's not all fried. <laughs> no, and once you start to really kind of peel back the layers of like, you know, the the the, the history of, of grits and the history of, you know, rice grits and, you know, the history of Carolina gold rice and, uh, you know, the local shrimp business and the local oyster business. And you, you start to you unbundle it and you unpack it all and then you kind of put it together, put it back together as you see fit. It gives you a platform and it gives you a canvas to, to reinvent, not even reinvent, just to put it together a little bit differently, right? And if you've had the benefit of, you know, working in, in many different areas, you kind of pick and, and choose, you know, what, what you want and what I think works the best for our clientele, right? Where you're, yeah, if you want fried chicken, great. We, we do fried chicken really well. Um, but at the at the same time, you know, maybe we're going to cook our grits a little bit differently, and you know, we're we're going to do our shrimp and grits. You know that we're we're going to do a little bit more traditional. And when I say you know, there is no cream in it, right? There, there's no you know ten pounds, but it's just it's it's a different approach. It's a it's a lighter approach where we're focusing more on the individual aspects of the dish than you know, kind of the sum of all the parts, like right. all bundled together, and you know. Well, we cannot wait to try it. <laughs> Count on us to be out of the River House. We look forward to seeing you out there. Yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The podcast continues to grow and never miss an episode of our Five Questions podcast by subscribing to the Chamber Channel on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Take a moment to download, subscribe, and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people. 